Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The King and I. Uh, I'm Ron Waxman with Spencer King. And today we're discussing a very sensitive topic, which um, I wanted to hear what you thought about it. Often we uh, hear a lot about conflicts, whether they're domestic or international. Some of them leads to clashes, like right now we have the Israelis and Palestinians. We have the tension between China and Taiwan, and we can go on and on and on. And here in this country, we have domestic issues like gun control and domestic issues like uh, Black Lives Matter, and, and I'm not going to go through all of them. But the question is, as a physician who works in the hospital and uh, definitely has an opinion uh, one way or the other, uh, should he express this opinion in, and if he does, where should he do it? Uh, if social media is okay, is public podium is okay, should ACC would have been a face-to-face -face meeting and he wants to present a late-breaking trial or get an award like uh, the uh, Oscar awards, uh, should he say, and by the way, I think that this uh, such and such and such and make a statement which is more a political statement. So I wonder what are you thought about because at large physicians kind of stay quiet on that part, but recently I'm witnessing more and more involvement of physicians since the social media is open to everyone and everyone can put something in Facebook and tweets. Uh, things definitely have been evolving. The access has been broadened. Uh, so what's your thought about Spencer? Now, as you bring that up, it makes me wonder. And of course, physicians are younger and younger physicians uh, may be very different from my generation. So I, I have to talk about where I come from, not uh, in, in my uh, perspective from being a bit superannuated here. Uh, and I, I wonder if uh, actually some of our <coughs> training, <coughs> some of our training in medical schools, you know, there are things like uh, 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 sensitivity regarding uh, uh, race relations and, and uh, this sort of thing are sometimes now being, being uh, taught even in a workplace you know, how, how to be how to behave <laughs> and how, how to not do wrong things and maybe uh, there's uh, some uh, need for some uh, education here too my, my view is that uh, there are several levels one is the, the interaction with a patient is uh, should be uh, as medicine is has been defined through the ages to take care of the patient, the interest of the patient, the welfare of the patient should be central. So uh, the uh, physician, you know, uh, will, will cause himself uh, trouble sometimes uh, getting into uh, any kind of uh, discussions of this sort, uh, political discussions with the patient, right? rather concentrate on what, what makes the patient better. <clears throat> I suppose <clears throat> in that regard, there's some uh, things with the patient, you might, uh, you know, some people might uh, classify them as political or something. Let's take the vaccine. I've got no problem telling every patient you should be vaccinated, even patients who don't believe they should or somebody else has told them not to. So, but, but that's different. That's aiming at that patient trying to improve that patient's uh, life and outcome. So I tell patients a lot of things they don't like or may not want to hear. But that's very different from uh, wading into things that I personally am uh, 
very much committed to in my own mind, but it has nothing to do with the patient's own uh, welfare. So that, that's one level. But on the other hand, uh, we're all free agents and uh, think that uh, the physicians have uh, fully the right to express themselves if they want to outside of the patient care arena, uh, express uh, whatever it is they want to say. And, and even within that, there's some probably uh, limitations that ought to be thought about. One, one is uh, sometimes it's not just the individual that's speaking, but they're speaking for their organization, for their university, for their hospital. Uh, and even though they say, no, I'm just speaking as an individual, they're associated with that place. So, so wading in uh, to very controversial political things uh, should be weighed against, uh, you know, the impact of that uh, for the for the individual and, and also for the institution. So you mentioned uh, basically two levels: one face-to-face uh, -face with the patient, uh, which you may differ with him completely, and we have seen a lot of examples like that. If you recall. Uh, I think the late president of Israel, Shimon Peres, he gave an example at Hadassah Hospital how um, a Muslim surgeon take care of an Orthodox Jew who probably they don't have much together in terms of commonality with respect to uh, tolerance to each other. But then when it comes to medicine, it's a bigger unifier. Um, there are some other examples like that also in the US. I mean, do you accept the physician or the patient? We as physicians has to accept every patient, but the Patients may have the right not to accept every physician if they know their political agenda or maybe they don't like them, not for their profession, but for their thoughts or what they're being associated with. Um, so I don't know how do you respond to that if the patient tells you, hey, you are belong to that party that I really dislike, I, I cannot trust you taking care of me. I mean, so how would you respond to that one, Spencer? Well, Ron, you know, I think Israel is a is the canary in the coal mine for all sorts of things. Uh, it's signals of all kind of things. And most of what I know, uh, much, much of what I know, I've learned from you and I've enjoyed traveling with you in Israel and learning a lot uh, then and other times. Uh, but when you when you uh, get this kind of uh, arguments or you get the temptation, the person says, well, I don't trust you. And this happens more in this country. And it does still happen with uh, black physicians caring for people who have a, a tradition their whole life of not trusting black people and black patients who have been mistreated and don't trust uh, perhaps the white uh, physician. So uh, but uh, these kind of things, uh, my, the, the response for the physician always should be, look, uh, let, let's get back to the basics. I am here to take care of you. I'm here to help you. And I'm going to give you the advice that I would give my own family. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, and you know, if, if you can't overcome that, if that's too uncomfortable for you and you don't just don't like me, then the solution is for you to get another physician. Uh, because the physician patient relationship is critical not that they love each other or have uh, uh, the same political views, but uh, that the patient uh, trusts that the physician is indeed committed to their welfare. Yeah, well said. So that's actually take care of the whole relationship between patients and physicians. And I think 
you can make a very good distinction. The second the aspect of that is what happens outside of the face-to-face -face interaction. So you're a private person outside of working in the hospital. You have a very strong views, whether you're for guns or against guns, and you don't want to be shy um, presenting that in an op-ed or in uh, a demonstration. Uh, so should physicians, because of their interaction with patients and the sensitivity of patient perceiving them as more neutral and only focus oriented on medicine irrespective to, or, or to mitigate the potential conflicts of, oh, I don't wanna be treated by that guy that thinks like that. Should they be more careful when they post things on social media, op-ed, because they carry some sort of sensitivity or on the other hand, should be actually lead the camp of what they believe in. If they believe on gun control, should be at the front line of the of the march to to hold gun distribution. I'll just give you an example and other examples like that. So this is outside of the interaction with the patient. But what is the limitation or no limitation or responsibilities for a physician? outside of the day-to-day -day interaction with the patient? Well, Ron, I, I plead guilty uh, to uh, uh, being uh, having written uh, editorials uh, expressing my opinion about a number of things. And sometimes it depends on where you do it. I've, I've done it in newspapers on the subject you mentioned, gun control, when John Lewis was, in fact, in every time we have the mass killings and we can't figure out why we're killing so many people. <laughs> We never address the issue that everybody has a gun. And if uh, even with the police, if the police in, in, in America arrest somebody, they assume that person has a gun. And so they're pulling their gun. If the police in the UK arrest somebody, they assume the person does not have a gun. So I, I have no uh, hesitation in expressing myself about the idea that sensible uh, control of uh, registration and, and, and control of guns is, is a good idea. And I've, uh, I've been criticized about that, but that's fine. Uh, that does not uh, cause me any trouble with my institution or anything if I do that as an individual. Uh, now, I wrote editorials for a long time for a Jack Intervention, and I, most of them were pretty benign. Occasionally, I would wander off into some area that some people thought was controversial because Maybe they're a little more progressive than they were. And sometimes I got some cr criticism for that. But I was careful there not to, uh, you know, not to wade into deep waters with that, uh, with uh, most things. Uh, uh, I'm writing editorials for your journal. I just wrote one about uh, the, <laughs> the vaccine resistance. I've got it right here. And uh, it's out of date because I wrote it two days ago and now the CDC says, Hey, go out and party, whatever. <laughs> Don't worry. So that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that. I'm pleased with that for us. I'm, I'm, it's tragic for places where they can't get the vaccine and where they haven't been able to get it, for India and, and South America and so many places. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, that uh, the individual has a right to express. And so if people with... Uh, who, who are a lot more outspoken than I um, have, have that right as well, and uh, ju they just have. To, I, I would not, I would not sit in judgment of anybody's right to uh, 
express themselves uh, for what they think. I would only say that uh, if, if it's done as a physician and that's they're claiming that and they use the MD as their certification of how they're an expert in things. And I must I must tell you, this, this reveals a little of my uh, politics, but uh, uh, Rand Paul gets up and chews out Dr. Fauci right and left like, OK, I'm a doctor, too. Well, what kind of doctor is he? Does he, does he have any expertise in, in virology or immunology or any of these things? Uh, has he been seeing patients for the last uh, all these years he's been in Congress? Whatever. I, I you know, that's that's claiming a little uh, a little uh, that uh, well, he's a politician. I'm, I'm tend to be an expert. No, it's just he's just person. But, you know, he says, OK, I'm a doctor. So here, here you should pay more attention to me. And I said, no, not really. <laughs> So in other words, uh, if I get you right, uh, you don't think that being a physician should limit you to express your thoughts if you have a very strong thoughts on controversial issues, whether they're domestic or international. Yeah, but let, let me tell you, I, I do think about the shifting uh, demographic of American medicine. Uh, when I was chairman of the credentials committee for the college, many, many years ago, the the people who were fellows who were getting, who passed their boards and were being inducted as, as uh, FACC, uh, the, the names were Thomas and Smith and Jones and Goldberg and Cohen and you know, whatever. So these were traditional doctors from, you know, the past hundred years in America. Now we have a lot of people from all over the world uh, who, who uh, are physicians. And one of the reasons is uh, a lot of the brightest people from all kinds of countries have immigrated, including yourself, even though you started out in the US. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so we have all these people and all these people are Americans, but a melting pot is not total goulash. A melting pot is made up of a lot of ingredients. And some of those ingredients, uh, you know, have clear emotional ties to their heritage and where they come from, what all kind of things. So when these international events occur, it's going to be uh, not surprising that people uh, react to it. But I think here we have to be very careful. Because we not only can put ourselves in the position of um, saying, okay, this is the way I feel about what's going on in the Middle East, or this is what I feel about what's going on with the people in China or anywhere. It, it also uh, has the temptation to make you an adversary of your colleagues who are from all those places. So the idea that uh, if you want to express yourself uh, vigorously about international affairs does it uh, does it put you in a, in a position that you've now introduced some uh, something uh, very uh, dangerous that is uh, uh, being against the other being uh, being uh, somebody that has uh, has demonized uh, a, a group of people that have that may not even involved in any way in what's going on outside the United States, but all of a sudden, uh, 
your your club, your 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 tribe, has uh, made enemies of the other tribe. Uh, this is bothers me a great deal. I grew up in the South, so I'm I'm very cognizant of the relationships. And, and one thing I've talked about with my colleagues who grew up in northern cities is when we talk about these kind of tribal things. I always uh, say, well, you know, it was interesting growing up in, in modest side cities in the South, we had the horrible problem of segregation. So we had black people and white people. Within the white people, we had no knowledge of who they were, religion, uh, uh, national origin, anything. They, they were white people, whatever. They went to church. Well, the church, some of them were called a synagogue and some of them were called you know, whatever they were called, it, you know, in a modest small town, uh, size town, everybody kind of uh, uh, was like that. The, the horrible thing is that was partly created because everybody else was black. And that was our, that was, that was the, that was the sin that we were, we were involved in, the, the racism. Uh, whereas people in the north in large cities, and a friend of mine from Chicago used to tell me that, and he, he would be, he would tell jokes about uh, Polish people or whatever, you know, and he would ask me, did you have these kind of people in your town? I'd say, well, let's see, you know, yeah, I had a guy named Trozeski was on the track team, but, th but I have a hard time dredging up that, that these people were of any different origin or any different religion uh, at that, at that stage. So, uh, uh the, the idea of how do we, uh, you know, e pluribus unum, <laughs> the unum part, uh, we've sort of lost the unum part. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, well said. I mean, my take on this is, um, and it's my thoughts. I mean, you should free to say whatever you want to say, but you have to be very, very careful and sensitive because, especially as physicians, we have to com be compassionate to everybody. And we have to realize that when we make a statement, and that's true not also for physicians, it's probably true for everyone, but let alone as physicians, we have to halt a little bit our strong feeling about something because once you release it out there, uh, it's there, it sits there and it's labeled you and you may uh, hurt someone else feeling in a way that it can, uh, you know, because physicians come from a different authority. And I remember uh, on my days when I was a fellow at Emory, we went one time and there was a politician said uh, there was an uh, election for a judge. And he says, you know, physicians has a lot of influence on their patients. If you tell them to vote for that judge, they will vote for that judge. And that's gonna make that judge the judge and it's gonna impact everything that what we need in this county. And that was in Alabama, by the way. But it's just, uh, uh, I never thought how much impact physicians have an influence on individuals and how they view them, not just as an MDs, but much more than that. So when we say something uh, using the MD after our name, uh, we have to be very, very careful because uh, the non-MDs especially would view us uh, much more than just the general person in, in the community. And, and that's actually put on, on ourselves to be more and more cautious of what we're saying. So yes, I mean, we can say everything. It's a free country. That's the beauty of this country. 
but there could be some consequences. So, so I'll leave it's you somewhat, the It's somewhat reassuring to me, Ron, that that you still believe that uh, that uh, patients and the public still respect physicians to some degree. So everybody worries that this has been eroding severely. But I agree with you. I think that uh, your your status as a physician still gives you probably more credit than you're even worth. All right, and that uh, with that note, we'll finish this episode. Uh, more to follow. I think next week we're going to cover some trials from ACC. We're going to go back to core medicine. Thank you, Spencer. There you go. Talk to you later. Bye.